Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Hi, welcome to Max Mike Movies. Each week we discuss a movie one of us hasn't previously seen, but the other one has. Might be a favorite film, a controversial film, or one we just can't believe the other hasn't watched. We'll go over the plot of the film in our show portion, go back and forth over the film's merits, points, and details in Lowdown, and finish up with Roundup, where we decide if the film was worth seeing, if it's still worth seeing, and if it's worth seeing a second time. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Max Levine, voice actor, computer nerd, and all-around man about town. With me, I, is my, with me is my partner, who I'm now speaking over. <laughs> that shows we're professionals, because we know the term speak over. That's right. And I am Mike Luce, uh, creator of all that exists. Well, no, actually, uh, Mike Luce, cartoonist, uh, smallest YouTube channel host, and uh, otherwise, um, layer about. Check out his, uh, his uh, video blog, The Movie Wrench. It's well worth seeing. <laughs> if you can find it. If you... <laughs> The show. So uh, this week we are discussing the 2010 movie *The Social Network*, starring Jesse Eisenberg and a bunch of other people, <laughs> and the rest. Yep. And we'll start off with a summary. Uh, this 2010 movie, based on the book *The Accidental Billionaires*, follows the rise of Mark Zuckerberg and his creation of the wildly successful website Facebook. One or two of you may have heard of it. The story covers the controversy of Zuckerberg's creation of Facebook, including the accusations that he stole the idea and that he betrayed his best friend and partner, Eduardo Severin. The movie is presented as a fictionalized but basically accurate chronicle of events starting with Zuckerberg's days at Harvard in 2003 and culminating in the creation of the website service that made him the youngest billionaire in the world. That pretty much covers it. Yeah, that, that pretty much does. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, if you ever wanted to see uh, how Facebook came about, th there it is. Yeah. And actually, it's a pretty interesting story. The The thing is, and uh, we'll talk about this, you have to take a with a certain amount of a grain of salt, at least according to Zuckerberg. Various people who are portrayed in the movie have varying degrees of satisfaction with how accurate the movie is. Wait, a Hollywood biopic is not fully 100% factually accurate? Do, do, you, do you need a minute? Do you uh, want a glass of water? Uh, Maybe uh, you should uh, lie down. Uh, 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 oh, Elizabeth, this is the big one. Do, do you need a fainting couch? Oh, Are you perhaps. getting the vapors? The, yeah, I do have the vapors. <laughs> ah. Oh, Elizabeth Barrett, would you move over, please? <laughs> now, um, the, so, the movie... Oops, sorry, go ahead. I had a quick question, Max. So why mm. did you pick this? Um, I... It was a movie I've seen several times. I think it's really good, and I'm also a fan of the writer Aaron Sorkin, and I want to talk about that a little later because this is this is the most Sorkinian movie around in terms of the way the dialogue works. Huh. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm betting, I'm just betting, mm -hmm. you might have some trivia for us. Well, one or two. A little? <laughs> just a little. Well, first off... The movie was very successful. It on a, made on a budget of about $40 million. It made about almost $240 million worldwide. It also... <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> that stick in your throat a little, did it? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it, many. Yeah, many, many dollars. It also won, and this part I actually had forgotten until I looked up some of this stuff. It won three Oscars. It did? Yeah. Now, admittedly, it's three of the ones that, I'm sorry, Hollywood, nobody really cares about. 
You know, best adapted screenplay, best mm-hmm. film editing, and best original score. By the oh. way, do you know who did the original score? I do, but only because I happened to be watching the uh, the credits as the film started. It was like, oh, really? Rent Tresner did the score. Uh, I believe he means Trent Reznor, but... Oh, right. Well, you know, I get them confused. <laughs> yeah. Nine Inch Nails guy did the score for this movie. He works for Apple, you know. <clears throat> I did not know that. He does. Wow. <laughs> Among other things. But uh, a lot of the movie, just back to trivia, does take place at Harvard, except, of course, it doesn't. Uh, it's not. Most of the f- scenes are not filmed at Harvard. They're filmed at Johns Hopkins. I wondered why... And apparently Harvard really hates people filming at Harvard. And they've hated this ever since 1970 when they did the movie Love Story there and apparently did a lot of real damage to the campus. Really? Yeah. So huh. now now they're like, you can shoot outside. Okay. So that, that explains some things because, um, well, well, uh, well, shot yeah, in Harvard Square because I'm sitting there going, well... For those who don't know, and that's probably most people who would be listening to this. Actually, who am I kidding? It wouldn't be anybody listening to this. But anyway, <laughs> I, I worked for 15 years in Harvard Square. Yes, he did. And I was watching this film, and I was going, okay, I recognize that place. Oh, wait, how did we get here? Wait a minute. How is? Why is he crossing the river? Oh, you're playing fun with geography, so you're using the outside, or in this case, you might be running from the authorities because you don't have a permit. Um, <laughs> but like where buildings are in relation to each other isn't really clear, and I think that's one of the reasons why, in general, it's so dark outside. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, but I, that's probably why they film most of the college scenes at night. There's one or two in daylight, but uh, the lingering shots, it's usually dark. Okay, because I, I kept yeah. getting lost. It's like, oh, we're on Mass Ave. Oh, now we're not on Mass Ave. We're, what's that bell? Oh, wait. Oh, okay, that's Widener. No, now it's not. Wait, well, where are we? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, sure, sure. No, one of the other things about Harvard is there's a sequence in the movie where the Winklevoss twins, Tyler and Cameron. Okay, and the best part is, is this, that's, their, that's their real name. Okay, that childish, is, but. I, no, I know. Never mind Winkle, Winklevoss. But Tyler and Cameron, why don't you just name them Whitey Von Whiterson and even Whitier Von Whiterson? The best part uh, is when they say, well, I'm 6'5 and 220. And it's like, okay, you win. <laughs> yeah. And there's two of me. I like yes. that line. There's two of there, me. There's a sequence where they go and uh, complain to the president of Harvard. And we'll yeah. talk about the plot summary. Why? That was uh, Lawrence H. Summers, the, you know, who was an actor. But there's a quote I found. That I really liked. He he said he portrayed said that the portrayal of the meeting with the Winklevoss twins was fairly accurate. Really, and he he went on to say, and I quote: "I've heard it said I can be arrogant. If that's true, I surely was on that occasion. One of the <laughs> one of the things you learn as a college president is that if an undergraduate is wearing a tie and jacket on Thursday afternoon at three o'clock, there are two possibilities. One is that they're looking for a job and have an interview." The other is, they're an asshole. <laughs> now, this was the latter case. Rarely have I encountered such swagger, and I tried to respond in kind. Wow. Okay. Like, yeah. And I, I really like that scene because he really does stomp down hard on them. Well, and we'll have to get to that because it's actually a very a very important point. But Yeah. All right. Yeah. So more, more trivia? More? more? Yep. Yep. A couple more things. Um, most of the people... And this, this brings up something I hope we go over later. Most of the people in that movie are real. I mean, they're based on real people. You know, Sean Parker, the Winklevoss twins, uh, Eduardo Saverin. 
there's one character fair, who only appears a couple of times but is of some significance who's completely fictional, and that was Erica Albright, the girl that Marcus Brake gets broken up by <laughs> at the beginning of the film and who he tries at the very end as a bracket to, to add as a friend on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene, that was, by the way, um, uh, Rooney Mara, that scene at the opening is only is eight pages long and it took 99 takes to do. Wow. Yeah. Also, they're, they're in a bar somewhere, that one? They're not just in a bar. They are in the Thirsty Scholar Pub in uh, Somerville. Oh, I'm sorry, in Cambridge. It's right near the Somerville border, where I personally have eaten onion rings. <laughs> really? You? Per- yes. Wow, and I kind yeah. of know you. <laughs> yep, yep. I know, I know. You feel kind of unworthy to be on the air with me now, don't you? I do. But I'll yeah. make it up next week when I make you feel mm. bad. Yep, yep, no <laughs> doubt. I also did like the fact um, the, the Winklevoss twins... Uh, are are both sort of played by by Army Hammer, right? They couldn't find a set of twins with the right look, so they used Army Hammer and they digitally stuck his head on this other fella. Uh, I think his name is Joseph Pence, uh, who is actually like a crew rower, mm-hmm. and just used him from the the neck down. Huh. Yeah. I wondered how they did that. It looked very seamless because it's like I know they're pulling something here because I yeah. just saw Call Me By Your Name and there was only one army in that movie. So it, it still gets me that we have, you know, the guy playing Wardo is uh, Andrew Garfield, a.k.a. Spider-Man, yeah. and Army Hammer is both the Lone Ranger and the Man from Uncle. Oh, okay. Mm. Yes, I'm not surprised you didn't know he was the Man from Uncle. Nobody saw that movie. I didn't even... Did I know they made that? Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm trying you to must think. have. There, no, there was one of those spy movies. And I think I did see it, and I think mm. I was really happy that it took place in the 60s. Yes, that, yes. that was it. No, I actually mm-hmm. did like the movie. I just forgot it. <laughs> That's the thing. It wasn't a bad movie. It's just, it, it was like artificial sweetener. It just went through your system without doing anything. That's what I want it to do. <laughs> All right, any more trivia? Yeah. Uh, well, there were a couple of things, but most of them are just sort of, ooh, isn't that, there's a little thing, uh, the first time that uh, Zuckerberg and Severin go to see an ad executive, and Zuckerberg's being a jerk all the way through it, the ad executive is in fact played by Aaron Sorkin. Oh, okay, so the writer yeah. makes an appearance. Yeah. Also, Zuckerberg's only real, he, he originally said he would never see the movie, you know, him and the queen, mm. so, but eventually... He did, and his only real reaction was, they got my clothes right. <laughs> now, apparently, everything that you see Jesse Eisenberg wearing in that movie is dead on. It's exactly the way Zuckerberg dressed. Wow, hoodies mm. and jeans. Yeah, pretty much. Hoodies, a, t-shirts, and jeans. What a stretch. They're yeah, cops. Yeah. <laughs> hoodies and jeans, yep. Um, I'm going to get me some hoodies and jeans. Hoodies and jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's most that's most of the trivia I've got. Okay. Well, I wouldn't believe it for an instant if he said, that's not me, I'm not like that, I'm totally cool and not like that guy, Jesse Eisenberg, dude. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that he's nerdy and, you know. Well, I still like... the, the uh, My only problem with the portrayal is I've seen Mark Zuckerberg, uh-huh. and Jesse Eisenberg is way too expressive. Really? He, guy is, the guy is like a robot. There was a, some joke about when he, you know, recently he testified in front of Congress about uh, Facebook's data breach. Right. And uh, the joke was, yes, he, Mark Zuckerberg was uh, interrogated by Congress in, in a session involving four hours of questions and zero blinks. 
<laughs> oh, apparently somebody yeah. saw AI. Yeah, yeah. Just to, wow. and I, I would like to say I do know, I know one, I will not name them, but I know one person who works for Google and has met Mark Zuckerberg and saw the movie and said, yeah, pretty much. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I know who that was. <clears throat> yes, but we're not using names. No, we're not. All right. So so we've done the, the recap and mm-hmm. trivia. Um, what do you say we move to the lowdown? Oh, to the lowdown. What we actually thought of the movie. And uh, I've got some questions for you, who has never seen it before. But let's go to the lowdown. The lowdown. The lowdown. Good, Here we are in the lowdown. Here we are in the lowdown. <laughs> Makes my oh. editing chores easier. Okay. Well, well, I want to ask you, just first off, the most basic, and it's the one I think we always ask each other, did you find the movie worth watching? Did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I mean, we usually do this in, uh, you know, final in the roundup, but yeah, you know, I, I was surprised I ignored this when it came out, partially because mm-hmm. I was like, eh, Facebook, what the hell do I care? Um, and uh, it was an interesting film. I will not say it is a film that made me feel all that comfortable, mm-hmm. but I did like it. Um, I couldn't help but wonder if, at least... I can't figure out if it's Jesse Eisenberg, because quite honestly, um, he's kind of his most Jesse Eisenberg in this film, but is otherwise not really all that different than other portrayals I've seen him do. Because there's this sort of detachment when he talks. It's interesting you... Sorry, I I just gotta say, because it's interesting you bring that up. Jesse Eisenberg actually has very severe OCD. Obsessive compulsive disorder, and uh, he reportedly said that doing this role was really hard for him, because hmm. he had he has been fighting against the behavior and speech patterns that OCD creates uh-huh. uh, his whole life, and he realized that to do Zuckerberg, he had to give in to those, he had to portray those things that he's been trying not to portray. Oh well, mm. um, so I, I think you're right. <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was ve- it was very interesting. Um, I did not know that you know Napster dude had anything to do with Facebook. <laughs> never mind Napster that it's dude. like it, well, you know, um, yeah. never mind that he looks so much like Justin Timberlake. Um, Un- uncanny, isn't it? It's amazing. Well, he does. I think he actually does show up in the Italian Job. Um, I think that's actually him with Seth Green. When oh. Seth Green is talking about, oh, you know, Napster was my idea and this guy stole it. I think that actually is him. So I don't remember him looking anything like Justin Timberlake. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he was a young-looking white guy. So, you know, in, in that respect, they're identical. Um, what Obviously, you liked the film. You said you've seen this a number of times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Two, three uh, times, I'd say. Yeah, um... I mean, it was nice. One of the things that was nice, because, you know, it's shot in Harvard Square, so it's nostalgic for me. It's like, oh, I know where all that is. Mm-hmm. Um, although, interestingly enough, if I had still been working in Harvard Square at that point, I probably would have missed the whole thing. The reason I say that is that I was working in Harvard Square right in the middle of Goodwill Hunting, and I never saw anything. <laughs> like, I would walk by Holyoke Plaza all the time when they must have been filming that chess scene, or later when the night when they were filming in the Tasty, or mm-hmm. other places up and down JFK Street, and I never saw a thing. Not a truck, not a camera, nothing. So... Yeah, I worked in Harvard Square not nearly as long as you did, but for a couple of years at the bookstore. And yeah, they were doing, what, Three Men and a Baby there and a couple oh. of others. And the oh. only reason I ever knew they were filming was someone say, hey, did you see Leonard Demoy just came in the store? Who? He did? Where? Well, of course, he's a native, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it, uh, 
Must have been invisible. The other thing that was kind of cool for me, or that, that I found kind of amazing, is they show these guys, and they talk about these these clubs. What the hell were they called again? Oh, the finals clubs. Final final clubs, not finals mm. clubs. She like actually fi- corrects her, remember? <laughs> right, to, right. To point out how stupid she thinks he is. Wait, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. How stupid he thinks she is. Yeah. Even though he's not saying that because... Uh, anyway, I'll get to the sociopath mm. thing later. Uh, but they show them going into these doorways and stuff, some of which I'm like, oh, I know where that is, know where that is. Yeah. And it's amazing how you can work for 15 years in Harvard Square and not give a crap about any of that stuff. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean? Well, it's like, I know where the hasty pudding is. And there was uh-huh. a couple of the, the, hey, let's parade around the popular person we've chosen to be hasty pudding uh, man or woman of the year parades. Uh-huh. Um, but honestly, it's like whenever Harvard does anything, even though there's all these businesses and all these people around Harvard, nobody cares. So the black door that ends up being the entrance to the Porcino Club or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> um, well, I, little I, piggies. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know where that door is. I've uh, never noticed it, which I'm sure is part of the point. And now that I know where it is, I still don't care. Mm. Um, I'm slightly curious about what happens in the Harvard Lampoon building. I've been by that thousands of times. But honestly, the fact that they're like, we're all exclusive, makes me not care. Mm. Um, Whenever Harvard would win a football football game, not very often, um, (laughs) and they would parade through the square, people would just be like, will you please get out of our way? Um, You know, so it's, it's, it's interesting because, of course, you know, some of this stuff does matter. And I don't mean like, oh, Harvard's so important. No, I mean, people who belong to these clubs do get elected president and they do shape world policy and all this stuff. Mm, so true. Um, that was, yeah. So I could sit there and go, wow, this is important and I don't care at the same time. Which actually kind of sums up Facebook in a way. Hey, there, there was that, a line during one of the depositions Mm-hmm. Where they were saying, yep, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg was the most famous person on a campus that included 19 Nobel laureates and a Hollywood star. Yep. Okay, now this was 2003. Do you know who the Hollywood star they're referring to was? Because well, they were right. There was a famous Hollywood actor at uh, Harvard at that time. The only one I could think of was too young, and she wouldn't oh. have been there at the time. And Who's that? that? Um, Hermione Granger. What? I, no. Sorry. I'm sorry, the, the actress who's actually a really good actress. Emma, Wa- Emma fake, Watson. Yeah. Emma Watson. Yeah, it's too early for nope, her. Nope, nope. Uh, I don't nope. know. Well, Queen Abadala herself. Oh, Natalie, Natalie Portman. Yep, Natalie Portman. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, did you go out with the Zuck? Is that what he calls himself? No, I think that's what some other people have called him. I'm pretty sure he's never referred to himself that way. Mm. Zuck the Almighty. Mm. Um, no, I, I knew that. I, I was trying to think of that, and it's like, well, I knew that um, uh, Emma Watson eventually did. She did go to Harvard, didn't she? I thought she oh, did. Yeah. Uh, I think she did. I honestly don't know. And I know the big deal for her was, no, 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 I really want to take a, a break from acting and do my degree, which I thought mm-hmm. was actually pretty cool. But then yeah. she showed up in other things. I think she was in Perks of Being a Wallflower and really liked her in that. Mm. Um, so Yep, in the bling ring. But uh, yeah. And actually, in general, I thought the movie was, was pretty well acted all around. Even Justin, T- Justin, Justin Timberlake is that guy you just really don't want to like because boy band and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know wardrobe dis- malfunction and all that stuff and it's like he knows how to make fun of himself he actually is talented and actually i thought he did a good job in this so yeah he is surprisingly talented he's actually a pretty decent actor and if you've ever seen him on saturday night live he is perfectly willing to poke major fun at himself and look ridiculous but i, I still I, I don't want to like him <laughs> 
I mean, I kind of do, but I, I don't. <laughs> but but in sync. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, well, that's not his entirely his fault. Just uh, hey, you know, if you can actually make it through a boy band, and wasn't he on Disney somehow? Wasn't he on the Mickey Mouse Club? Yes, I think he was. He was along yeah. with um, what's Brittany. her name? The the yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he managed to get through those two things and still be successful and as far as i can tell not a major douchebag so yeah. i gotta give him points even though i don't want to <laughs> and, then, and I mean, uh, anyone who's listening there is no reason for me not to like just justin timberlake there really isn't and i i really don't dislike him i just feel like i should for some reason <laughs> i don't know hey so you, you can't help you can't help feelings like that i, I understand that um uh, how did you what did you think of the, you notice the way uh the chronology changes, the way they jump back and forth in time a little bit between the actual events of the creation of Facebook and the two lawsuits Zuckerberg ends up in, being sued by the Winklevoss twins and by his best friend and chief financial officer, Eduardo Severin. Um, did I notice it? Yeah. I checked my glass to see if somebody had put something in it that I hadn't intended, because I was like, what the hell is going on? Where uh, did are you they? Find it, did you find it jarring? Yes, because uh. the only thing they did was they changed the time of day. I mean, of course, it's a different room, but it's a lawyer's office. There's really not that much different. There's nothing like visually to leap out and go, oh, this room's purple and this room's yellow. It's like one of them is kind of more golden color and one of them is kind of more blue color. Oh, no. it's like, wait, now we're back in Harvard Square. Stop it. I don't get it. See, the thing I noticed that I really liked about the way they did the the two depositions is the depositions themselves are visually very different. The one where it's him and Duardo, it's all modern. It's all the office is all glass. The table is glass. It's very stark. It's very contemporary. Whereas when he's dealing with the Winklevoss and their friend Narendra, <laughs> it's it's all like dark wood paneling and old money and big impressive chairs and law books on the walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a nice distinction that way. And even the way the language, like they'll start one line in one scene and move it to the next. I thought that was handled very well. I mean, when you point it out, it's interesting. I would say on a first viewing, I, I just was getting lost. Like, I couldn't tell what year it was. Um, I didn't know how th- how long things had progressed. Um, I mean, it took a little bit of mental visual juggling for me to keep up with where we were. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, one of them had Spider-Man in it and one of them didn't. Which is really <laughs> unfair to Andrew Garfield, I'm sorry. Um, but it's, like, his best-known role. And I mm-hmm. think it's honestly really good luck on your part that you are no longer playing Spider-Man. Because now you can go it on and do real things. Yeah. Um... I can see what they were doing. Um, it was still kind of visually jarring to me, and it was a hmm. little. I didn't. It didn't feel smooth. It felt weird. And of course, oh. watching Zuckerberg be bored through both of them was not particularly helpful. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. One of the points I had was um, 
if you've ever felt like you know I should just ditch Facebook I should I shouldn't be a part of Facebook I don't I don't like Facebook I should leave Facebook this movie is going to really help cement those feelings <laughs> oh really so oh, this yeah. left you with a, with a real bad taste about Facebook oh yeah I was instantly thinking I should just go on and delete my account right now because Why? in some because in some way I am helping this person and I don't mm. want to help this person I don't like this person that brought up an, an uh, that brings up a question I, I really wondered do you find Zuckerberg at all sympathetic in this movie? Do you find him at all likable or interesting? Or, um, Well, here's the part. This goes back to that thing I was mentioning. I wondered if he wasn't some sort of... Um, if he wasn't suffering from, from Asperger's or something like that. Because I've had friends who are. In fact, one of them even said about another friend, he said, oh, so-and-so is definitely high-functioning Asperger's, and I probably am too. And both of them have that way of not making eye contact and please if i'm offending anybody i really hope i'm not and if i'm misunderstanding this i i, I that's not my intention but mm -hmm. they both of them are are very successful in their field but both of them have had issues with making eye contact with flowing speech that kind of thing and and having a an overall I don't know, understanding of of the way other people think and how the world works around them and at least in this film, the way Zuckerberg's portrayed to me gives me the impression that there's something that he just doesn't connect with. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just something that he doesn't fundamentally understand. And he, you know, like the way he treats, the way he treats his, his supposed best friend, or as is pointed out, his only friend. Yeah. Um, and as he continuously just treats him like crap, but it almost seems like he's doing it because, well, hey, look, we're both in this. So I treated you like crap, so this would be better. And it would be better for both of us. Of course, that's until oh. Napster shows up. Mm. So at the very end of the film, they start giving the idea, or at least to me, there was this impression that the Zuckerberg character, and I won't say it has anything to do with the real person, but that the character, on some level, really just didn't get it. Mm. That he was brilliant in one area, but otherwise was like... And the funny thing, of course, is the thing that he seemed to be so bad at was the thing that he was actually working to try and at least he thought make better which was social things hmm. right um, yeah there's a certain amount of irony there like the woman that the uh, she's not an intern she's actually a lawyer she's been she said she's been practicing for 20 months um and i'm sorry i don't oh, yeah. remember her name i don't remember the character's name the actress is rashida jones okay but mm -hmm. she her like the last line of the film is i don't think you're an asshole you're just trying really hard to be one and that gave mm. me the impression that he just, you know, again, it's sort of cemented to me. He just doesn't get something. And I, that, of course, part of me wondered, maybe he's a sociopath. I don't know. <laughs> um, except then he sits there and trying to clicking to get his girlfriend to like him, which, mm. as, as you've said, is not even true because there was no character for that. Yeah, the, the ironic part there is in Har uh, when he was at Harvard, he was dating a woman named Priscilla Chan, who he eventually married and now has a child with. Ah, well... Yeah. <laughs> That kind of screws the movie, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's very there's there's a big Hollywood moment. I don't know, mm. and I really don't understand enough about um, Asperger syndrome. Um, I don't understand enough about um, that sort of thing to really say one way or the other. I just know that there are people that I have have as friends who have claimed that they mm. do suffer from it and have similar ways of behavior i guess is the way it's way to mm. put it so that's what i, I wondered know. of course now you're telling me that it may have just been jerry uh, i'm sorry jesse eisenberg that that's his mannerisms but 
you know, yeah, but he used he used the mannerisms because he thought they were appropriate for uh, Zuckerberg. And a lot of people have said, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how he behaves. I mean, Zuckerberg himself doesn't see it, but I guess he wouldn't. I don't know. I I admit I know very little about Asperger's. I can't really comment on uh, yeah. on the portrayal or <clears throat> if it's if it seems like that or not. And again, remembering it is the character and not the right. person we're seeing. Right. But there's also the fact. Whatever else you want to say, Zuckerberg is a genius. I mean, that guy was unbelievably smart. And Well, but here's the thing. Was it a very, very, very narrow-focused smart? Well, actually, not really. He was apparently, in addition to being a computer genius, he was also a Latin scholar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we actually... got none of that in the movie. Well, in, fact, the... in the movie, we're not even sure he goes to class, because the only one he really talks about has to do with modern art, and he cheats on it anyway. Which, you know, I'll take that with a grain of salt. Oh, yeah, there's a cute little bit on that. The You can't see it unless you, I don't know, freeze the frame and zoom in. But he says he had uh, created a fake persona for the art class. Right. The name of the fake persona on that page is Tyler Durden. Oh, God. Yeah, because okay. the, same, the same director who directed Fight Club directed Social Network. He did? Yes, he did. Dennis, huh. what's his name? <laughs> hmm, that's... Weird, because when I look, I went. I actually looked him up. I tried not to do any any research, because um, I'm supposed mm -hmm. to come at this cold since I hadn't seen it. And the only thing that picture I noticed that was big that I'd seen, maybe I didn't go back far enough, was Benjamin Button. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't think he directed that. I thought that was uh, um, Pot and uh, Rich Richie, uh, <laughs> Ron Howard. <laughs> Ron Howard. <laughs> Sorry, Richie. Ron Howard, because I know oh. you're listening. <laughs> well, at least you didn't call him Opie. Yeah. There's somebody else, too. I mean, this is totally yeah. off topic, but Ron Howard, talk about having run the gamut of living the Hollywood life and coming out as, pretty much as squeaky clean as you can get. And I yeah, really liked some of his films, way. too. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the films that I should not have liked was um, the one about boxing. Um, oh, C was Cinderella Man? Yeah, Cinderella oh, okay. Man. I was like, uh, okay. And I loved that film. And I actually thought yeah. he had the action sequences filmed so much better than most other action sequences in American films. Um, anyway, that's yeah. that's neither but, here nor there. But yeah, that was David Fincher is the director of both Fight Club and The Social Network. Interesting. Okay, I did not know he did Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. Boy, there was a polarizing film. Yikes. Oh, boy. Maybe we should... We can well, talk about that, but we've both seen it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I, I have only seen it once because it was like, this is creepy, don't want to see no more. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would, a little bit connected. I remember I, I was mentioning earlier about uh, I wondered if he wasn't some sort of sociopath, except that, at least in the film, he does seem to crave a f not uh, acceptance, at least, from one person. yeah. Because the other people, well, actually two. Because we have to, we have to include um, Napster in there. Um, Sean, Sean Parker. Why Sean is it Parker. so hard for you to say that? <laughs> Whatever. It's easier to just say Napster. Because look, we all use Napster now. Oh right. Okay. He did have a point though. He did screw up the music industry. Um, he did. At least for the character's benefit, not in a good way. Because <laughs> um, man, that oh, I think honestly, the thing with Napster just set everything back maybe even 10 years and allowed actually the proliferation of piracy in the music industry because people were tired of waiting for digital means to actually become reasonable and um, properly put out there. But that, you can oh, also argue, and I, I would, that because of the piracy, because of Napster, the music industry said, oh crap, we've got to get a handle on dis digital music and distribution right now. 
and and they, they did. Well, they didn't have a choice. They didn't. Well, they, they said, tried well, to. Um, here, oh, the Zoom, that's good. We'll do that. No, um, they, they were trying to, and then Apple came along and said, "Hi, we'll do it for you." Yeah, and well, that's a whole other dis- yeah, discussion yeah. there. But that's anyway. a whole other movie. <clears throat> yeah, let's see what uh, what else like struck you about this film. Like what what else leapt out at you about it? Uh, one of the things that really strikes me about the film is the dialogue, the way, just the way people speak. And this is what I was talking about, how it's very Aaron Sorkin. Uh, Aaron Sorkin is probably best known for the show The West Wing. Okay. And he, all, he's done movies, Charlie Wilson's War. He did another show called Studio 60, which nobody saw. It lasted one season. Mm. And uh, he also did Sports Night. And a lot of his stuff... Everybody in his shows and his movies talks really fast and is really disarmingly eloquent. You know, they talk really well at incredibly high speeds, often while walking very quickly. Hmm. Well, in this case, it was just the opening scene where he's sitting and drinking and talking very quickly and eloquently. Mm -hmm. But they, every but everyone does that. I mean, when they're when uh, Sean Parker and the, and uh, the rest of them are sitting in the sushi restaurant, and he's talking like a machine gun, and you, the way Jesse Eisenberg or Zuckerberg or whatever speaks in the movie is very rapid fire, and everyone it's very fast, very back and forth, and you know, so everyone is just a little too clever. You know, the the, the retorts and the comebacks. You mean how we wish we were on this show? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It, it's a, it's it's sort of a fantasy, but that's I like it. I always like the way his his dialogue flows. I mean, but you really have to pay attention because otherwise it's like, wait a sec, I'm eight sentences behind. I've lost the trail. I don't know what anyone's talking about. Did you? Did he write the script as well? He did. Okay. That was what he did. That was his job. He was a scriptwriter. He wasn't the director. Oh, because I thought he yeah. was the director. No, no, no. The director was David Fincher, the guy who did. Uh, oh, Fight right, 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 right. Yes. Sorry. Yep. yep. I did. Yep. That, okay. I did look. I did look up the right guy. Okay. No more whiskey for you during these shows. Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Oops. That was a product endorsement. We don't oh, do oh, those. I don't drink or, anything. Or Diet Coke. Or or Diet. Hang no, on. I gotta, gotta get the no, whole list uh, now. The word diet has been trademarked. <laughs> it probably has. So I want to poke at one of the big, big, big points of this film. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Yes. So Facebook was has obviously, if it, again, we're going to have to go with at least the portrayal of Facebook. Let's assume that, that Facebook's portrayal was correct in this film. And that at least initially it was supposed to be based on exclusivity. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Zuckerberg couldn't get into these clubs and uh, his buddy Spider-Man could. Right. And the whole idea behind Facebook involved you had to have a Harvard email address. You had to be you had to be from harvard.edu. Right. Do you know if that's true? Uh, I think it initially was true when he started. It was literally but it was for academic institutions. He thought of it only for colleges. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um before I get to the big point I wanted to poke at, the one thing I will note is that they show him when he when he's uh, been dumped and he you know, treats it in the very adult manner that he does. <clears throat> uh, I.e., yeah. he goes home and blogs about it. The blog while that he, while well, we guess. I mean, that's the funny thing is we see him drinking a lot, but he doesn't actually change his behavior at all. And some <laughs> people are like that; they just don't. It's just like, yeah, yeah I'm drunk. Oh no, I'm, I can't drive. And like, really? Oh no, I'm fine. And they do a Times Crossword puzzle, and you hate them. Mm. Um, but he blogs um, bad naturedly about it. But where does he blog? He blogs on Live Journal. For those of you who don't know what LiveJournal was, it was a <laughs> blogging platform. The interesting thing about blo- LiveJournal, though, initially, 
to get a, blo- a live journal account, you had to be invited. Oh, that's so right. So I started a live journal account because a friend of mine said, you should do this thing. And I said, well, I can't. He says, no, no, I'll invite you. So initially, even live journal was an invite only thing. It was only for a small group. Well, you know, a certain number of people. Um, and a lot of social media, early social media, I should say, not recent social media, started mm-hmm. that way. Mm. Um, even some stuff that was was experimented with and failed, it was like, well, no, this is invite only. We're going to be in beta or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so there was this whole exclusivity thing. Now, of course, Facebook is about the least exclusive thing you can have right now next to a Costco mm. me- membership. You know, <laughs> hey, you got 25 bucks? Yeah, you're they, in. They told me I was special. Yeah. Oh, you are. Um, but the thing, of course, is initially, and of course, I, I was surprised that there was never any action from Harvard or whoever actually came up with the term Facebook, because as they point out in the film, that's something that's being used on Harvard servers. Yeah, but like, I, I would question if Harvard used it exclusively. I think other schools used the term also. Right. I don't know. Somebody did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I assume that the term Facebook is trademarked. Like oh, how to up the wazoo, I assume. I wonder how, but okay. Mm. It's like when Walmart tried to trademark the smiley face. It's like, uh, n- n- no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so initially he's, he's using this as, in what is still considered the fledgling years of the internet, um, he's using his new thing, the Facebook, as um, a means of, of social interaction, but also as inclusivity in a way of thumbing his nose at the um, clubs that won't let him in, etc., etc., although they're willing to have him work for them. Yeah. But of course, that's not what Facebook is at all. And in fact, social interaction, I would say, at least in this country and in, in, in perhaps even in Western civilization, has been either duly or unduly, unduly, unduly influenced by specifically Facebook. You think so? Oh, yeah. Hmm. How so? I would, well, I'm going to put Facebook alongside things like texting and smartphone oh. usage. And say hmm. that people a lot of times consider friendships to be something a lot more nebulous and a lot thinner than they used to be. Uh, that's true. People refer to their Facebook friends as if they're actually friends, to, even if these are people they've never actually physically seen, right? Met or met or talked with. They're just mm-hmm. people who they have, uh, who they clicked add as friend on this social media. That's a point. I mean, it's certainly. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. It's certainly changed the professional world. I mean, uh, if you're trying to market yourself, if you're doing anything, hell, when we try to market this uh, podcast, uh, most of the time people say, oh, yeah, you've got to have a Facebook account. You've got to, uh, you know, push it on Facebook. Right. As well, also Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Flugel. Amthrak. <laughs> You're making things up. I am not. Those are totally, totally real are. platforms. Yes. <laughs> well, you better go and register those domains real quick. To- I am totally going to trademark Flugel. Okay, you I, do I, that. That's going to be the next big thing. You'd actually right. be amazed at how many of these things are actually already taken. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure there's already a Flugel because it sounds a lot like Google. Well, you have to uh, spell it different, that's all. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I would also, I would even take it further than that, because you would, have you ever referred to somebody as, oh no, they're, we're just Facebook friends? Uh, not really, because most of the people I have uh, as friends on Facebook are people who I've known one way or another. 
See, I know a lot of people who do just those people you just said. Like, mm. well, you know, they're co-workers. Or they're people that I used to know. Mm -hmm. Or they're friends of friends. You know, yeah, th stuff This like is that. why I only have about 100 people on Facebook versus the 35,000 most other people have. Uh, up until I started working where I do, and no, I'm not saying where that is. Um, I have There's 200 employees where I work. Up till I worked there, the number of friends I had was 52. Nah. And I wouldn't even consider all of them friends. But here's the other thing, too. I think that social media, especially Facebook, in a lot of cases has taken the place of actual interaction. Yeah, I've like, heard that argument. People say that it, it kind of encourages a sort of isolationism. Well, it's like I don't call somebody on their birthday. I just send them a note on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Or I don't send out an invitation to my party. I just pick an event on Facebook. And if you're not on Facebook, then too bad. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm e not going to e seek you out. We, people talk about generationally how, like, you know, our generation we use email. Then the, the kids after us they were texters. Now right. texting is obsolete, and everyone uses social media messaging. Oh dear gods, I, mean, I can't keep up with this crap. Yeah, hey, I hey, what's this button for? <laughs> oh, explode! <laughs> yeah, I think I mean texting is I. It's got to still be used, but a lot of it's like private messaging apps, like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. or things oh. I probably have never heard of yet. How, how uh, about I, the tweeting? Is there still the tweeting? Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think people I think people are still the are still the tweeting. Yeah. Oh, oh the tweeting, yeah, the tweeting. Facebook now, I'm told isn't for kids anymore. It's all for the parents. Well, I've heard that that's actually been true for a number of years, like yeah. 5, 6, 7 years. But the problem is that there's so many people on it that it doesn't matter. Mm, well, there are a lot of old people. Well, there's that, but it's just like, well, it doesn't matter. It, obviously, its coolness factor, which was a big point in the movie, has mm. long since disappeared. Yeah, no more coolness. Yeah, I suppose. Which is fine. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. He, hey, he had his moment. He changed. I mean, hell, it's part of the language now. Yeah. You know, everybody. If you say Facebook, even people who've never ever looked at the website, you know, my mother, your your grandmother, these people, they know what Facebook is, or at least they have some idea of it. I'd actually even say it's turned 180, and now it's cool not to be, I should say, not cool hipster to ah. not be on Facebook. Because hipster is not cool. No. <laughs> Take your vinyl and, okay, I won't go into that rant, but. <laughs> yes. um, My, it's, Mike's, it, Mike's family was eaten alive by hipsters. <laughs> no, vinyl. Uh, <laughs> eaten by vinyl hipsters. God, I hate vinyl. Um, <laughs> right, so Facebook has... I, I think, I won't say it's positive or negative. I have my feelings about hmm. it, but I will say that Facebook and other social media, but pretty predominantly Facebook, can be said to have changed the way people, at least in this country, interact with each other. I think that's absolutely true. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. It's been, a, it's, made a, it's been part of a major social shift. Good, don't dispute me. <laughs> I win. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, you you win. Congratulations. I, I win. The you will receive. You'll receive your trophy in six to eight weeks. So, uh, any part yeah. of the film for you either not ring true or not work? Mm -hmm. um, per perhaps before you found out, oh, this character is not even real. Because for me, oh. that kind of blows a big chunk of it right there. It's like. Click, click, oh, friend me, click, click, oh, friend me, as opposed to, uh, I'm going home to my wife and child now. <laughs> well, the child came later, but... Well, you know. Yeah. Um, the, some of the parts that uh, didn't ring true... Honestly, the Erica Albright character, her criticisms of him are just a little too dead on. 
she's very clearly there to be the devil's advocate. She's kind of more of a plot device than uh, than a character. I hadn't thought about this ahead of time, but the point you were making about people being eloquent, um, she is very astute when it comes to what's wrong with him and mm-hmm. how to handle her situation. I really like the way she handles herself. It's like, if we could go just go talk for a minute, no, I'm fine. It's like yeah. she, she just says, no, I'm not doing this. And good for her. But she also gets the finals club thing wrong. And that felt like... It was the movie trying to say, well, she wasn't as bright. She wasn't on the same playing field as Zuckerberg. Well, he even points that out when she's saying, I have to go study. And he says, no, you don't. He says, why not? Because you go to BU. Yeah. Um, Ow. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I haven't heard anything about BU being like a school for people that, you know, have trouble getting into the other schools. There's Mm. another school in Boston I've heard that is called something I won't say and I won't tell which school it is that is one that's like well anyone can get into that um, but I BU, heard... BU is a decent school it's a good school it ain't Harvard it ain't MIT it's a second string there are those who would argue that Harvard's not Harvard anymore either but I'm uh, not going to talk about that either yeah that's a, that's a whole other thing and you know don't sue us Harvard we, we, yeah, well sue us I'm worried they'll send the Harvard ninjas after us I just they, had some really good meals at Harvard. They Oops, have their, I mean, they, uh, I hear the food's good. Uh, uh. They have their own ninjas. I read it somewhere. I never stayed over there for free. Oops, I mean. <laughs> ah, you know, you get invited, yeah, yeah. you're a guest. There might have yeah. been a rule against it. Damn, if I know. Nobody seemed to care. Mm. And I never, ever rode those shuttles back and forth ever more than a few times, except those other times in that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because uh-huh. uh, only Harvard students can ride those. <laughs> and you have to flash a badge or something, or so they say. Listen, I mean, that that brings up a, an interesting theme in the movie, is the whole idea of Harvard as this exclusive uh, boys club. I mean, because let's face it, most of the characters we see and most of the Harvard students we see are all men. Which arguably is still an issue on the campus. Well, they, or so know, I've they, heard. I don't know. but Well... It's also, I think part of that is most of what we see is Zuckerberg and his circle, and they're mostly computer nerds, and back then, they, a lot of them were guys, or at least weren't very comfortable with women. And the Winkle twins. <laughs> and yes, the Wink, I, I did like what he, what he calls them, the Winkle Vi. It's just, that's, it's just so childish, and I'm sorry, I don't mean anything, but it's just, I, the name, it strikes me funny. It's just, I know. Yeah. So that I promise actually... next next week's show will be far less childish. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm totally convinced. Yeah. That was one of the things I had a little trouble with, and I don't know if it's true or not, but that whole... The the, the portrayal of the Winklevi, and uh, when one of them... I don't, I don't know, it was Whitey 1 or Whitey 2, wouldn't... Uh, he was saying, okay. I don't want to sue him because we're gentlemen of Harvard. Did feel kind of 19th century, didn't it? Yeah. On the other hand, look at these people and look at their fa- their family. They were probably raised with those terms. They were probably mm-hmm. taught that way. And then what is that? What do they do uh, to to reconcile this? And they they believe Zuckerberg stole their idea for a so- in effect a social website. They go to the president of Harvard. Right. Which, again, you wonder what is he going to do? What do they expect? the president of Harvard to do in this situation. Well, let's get to that point because this is mm. one of the points I had. So that scene in particular, mm-hmm. part of me was like, good, these guys obviously need dressing down because they come from privilege and they think they're right. And they're quite honestly, they, they we don't see them doing this, but they give off the feeling that they're probably the jock bully type, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they, even one of them says, hey, I'm 6'5 and 220. So yeah. they, he's used to literally throwing his weight around. So part of me was like, oh, good. They didn't get any word the president. But another part of me was, um, they actually have a point. So if they were doing something, and I, now I'm not saying that it has to be proven that Zuckerberg actually stole something from them. But if they have a reasonable complaint where something was stolen from them, and they took it as to every place that they needed to take it, up to and finally including the president, whose basic feeling in the film was, I have far better things to do than to talk to you guys. Doesn't it in all, also, in a way, say, well, the stuff that's in the handbook, that's nice, but nobody ever follows it, so don't, don't think we're going to uphold that. Well, it's the idea that the stuff in the handbook, they're treating it like it's the law. And the president of Harvard is looking at them going, these are the guidelines. This is a code of conduct. It's not something you can prosecute somebody for. No, but, as, it, but they're not even, in, from him, they're not even looking for prosecution. They talk about, you know, academic suspension and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. at least, I mean, obviously one of them, I can't remember which one, Cameron or Tyler, wants to sue. But the other one, the one who finally acquiesces and said, okay, let's go and, and do something. Let's let's nail these guys to the wall. The one, the gentleman one. Mm-hmm. Um, he at least wants to see that these rules that they're at least pretending to uphold or that their honor such as it is actually means something and what they're basically told by the president is no not really eh. and yet then there's what uh, zuckerberg says in the movie when he's talking about you know the winklevi are not suing me because i stole from them they're suing me because for the first time in their life they didn't get something they wanted well, and here's the part where it gets tricky. Mm. Did he steal something or didn't he? It's an inter- That's a tricky question, and even he talks about that. He maintains, he, well, he never stole any of their code. Yes, but he was very careful to always say that part. Yeah, yeah. Did he steal the idea? That's, I mean, it's a little ambiguous, but the way the movie portrays it, uh, it the movie clearly thinks he did, that he stole okay. the idea, and the evidence they produce. Uh, it's the same with... Uh, you know, did he betray his friend uh, Eduardo? Um, in the the yes. movie, it, the movie makes it makes no bones about it. Absolutely, apparently, yeah. the real world it's a little murkier. We're going to have to go by the movie unless yeah. either of us wants to go into huge amounts of research and find no, out no, the quote unquote. We're, we're here truth. to talk. We're here to talk about movies. Yeah, right. And this is about the uh, yeah. I think there's no question that that he de- made specifically had uh, Spider Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Garfield. I can't remember the character's name. I can remember Spider-Man. I can remember Andrew Garfield. I can't remember the character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, they specifically point out, and it was, it was you know, you could see the horns coming out of Justin Timberlake's head. The movie makes it very clear that it was pretty much the goading by Sean Parker that got um, Zuckerberg mm-hmm. to work something out that's basically going to shove... Andrew Garfield's character, um, out of the Eduardo, corporation. Yeah. Eduardo, thank you. Mm-hmm. Or at least far enough down that his shares or his voice means nothing. Yeah. Um, so that part's definitely true. It definitely felt to me that when we were t- when they were in the deposition with the Winklevi, mm-hmm. that it was very much implied that there was an intellectual theft that had occurred. It mm-hmm. may not have been an actual physical thing like code, which... It's arguably physical or not, but at least the idea, the way it worked, what it was going to do initially stemmed from them and not from him. Mm-hmm. 
So I would say that the film says basically what the deposition said, which was, um, yeah, that's nice. You're going to take a big payout and deal with it. <laughs> which is, mm. according to the end of the film, what happened. They undisclosed amount of money. Um, yeah, which, uh, according to some stuff I read, means Eduardo ended up with the stock share of equal to about two billion dollars. Oh, actually, I meant uh, the Winklevi. They got oh. a big payout too. Yeah, well, the, yeah, they, well, that then they actually said in the movie was sixty-five million dollars. Oh, right, right. Which, which is not. Which is that's where the lawyer was right. That's a speeding ticket. Well, here's the other thing, though. At the time, it may. I don't know how much of it, if it was as much of a speeding ticket as it ended up being, because of course. The company ends up being worth billions of dollars. Something I still don't understand because I know nothing about finances. But and in, and if you compare it to today's worth, the sixty-five million is nothing. Yeah. But when they actually won it, it actually might have been a big chunk of change. And uh, I haven't done any research, so for all I know, the Winklevi took that money, invested it into something, and now they're rolling in as much cash as he is. Who knows? So, so I think uh, now we come to uh, the wrap-up, the roundup, the roundup. Excuse me, the roundup. <laughs> It's a whole Western thing. I don't know why. The Roundup. Roundup. Let's go to the Roundup, shall we? The Roundup. Let's go to the Sizzler. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to start off with you because you brought up this Mm -hmm. film. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I think you've already said, um, do you think this film was worth seeing? I do. I think it's I think it's a really interesting picture of a driven genius who has no idea who is amazing in his field and has no idea how to deal with human beings I, I thought that was a really interesting I have no idea if it's a good portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg but it's mm-hmm. a fascinating character and right. uh, I ev- every character in the movie I think is pretty interesting and I think the performances are top top rate I think the pacing is good and I, I like the dialogue so yeah I think it's definitely worth seeing what about you uh, I, I'm going to agree. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised. One of the things that threw me when I went to rent it from um, a certain online rental service, iTunes, is that it was listed <laughs> under comedy. And I was like... Really? I was, it was. And I was expecting I it to be... I would not have Well, having seen it, I wouldn't either. Um, and I think somebody made a mistake there. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I was thinking the film was actually going to be a lot more lighthearted and goofy perhaps even rompy if you will <laughs> than it was and of course it ended up being or at least um, I'm sorry uh, seeming as it was more factual mm-hmm. um, and there was there was funny parts but I, I definitely would not have put it under comedy I would have put it under drama um, but yes I think yeah. it's worth seeing was it worth now you've seen it a number of times do you think yeah. for the average viewer it's worth seeing more than once I actually do there are a lot of little details you don't pick up on uh, the first time you see it, and also once you know what the about the chronology and the jumping about from to the depositions, you can appreciate it a little bit more uh, how they work the transitions because it's not as jarring. Because I admit, the first time it is a little unsettling. Hmm. It'd be uh, nice if you like changed colored hoodies or something, something like that, or grew a mustache or some such. So yeah, I think it is worth seeing more than once. Uh, again, also simply because there's so much information crammed in. Little things like the first time I wanted to go back and see it because when in the opening where they're hack where Zuckerberg is hacking all of the servers at Harvard to get a whole access to their Facebooks, uh-huh. uh, I was like, how accurate is this? And I I'm not I don't know much coding, but I was listening to him and he's like, you know, he everything he says actually hangs together. Huh. 
And uh, I may, I believe it. And movie hacking is usually really stupid. It's usually, you know, you mean tap, 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 tap. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I have never, I have been working with computers for 30 years. I have never heard anyone say I'm in. Not, Not even for their own desktop. <laughs> Not now. He's hardwired in. Good boy. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Um, I would yeah. say that I think it, it the same thing is that there's mm. things that can seem a little jarring and, and a little odd that make it worth another go. And at some point I probably will, or at least I won't be averse if it pops up, you know, and I need to watch a movie for some reason. The other thing, of course, is it's nice to know at least the Hollywood history of this giant thing that has become so much a part of our lives, so ubiquitous mm. and unavoidable. Yeah. So, you know, again, I, I hope what it would do is if people are really interested, once they see this film, they go, hey, now I'm going to go look up and find out what's actually true. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't do yeah. that anymore. So I mean, uh, Facebook has been in the news so much lately. I think it's very <laughs> yeah. relevant. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it took my data. Yeah. Um, so here's the other thing, too, is uh, this is 2010. It's only been eight years. Does mm -hmm. the film hold up? I'll say, yeah, it holds up. I don't... I, it's portrayed as being at that time period. It's portrayed at 2003, 2004. Mm -hmm. So the technology, the fact that it's not up to date is fine. Um, yep. I didn't feel like they missed anything. Like it was like, oh, what's that doing here? That doesn't show up till 2011. You know, I, I didn't, mm. nothing made me jar out of the story. Nope, I agree. So I agree. I, I think it holds up and I think it's worth a, another look. And it sounds like uh, so do you. Yeah. So I'm going to say interesting yeah. choice because I would not have watched this on my own. Oh, well, I'm glad. Cool. Well, I'm going to say that we're going to pretty much wrap up for another episode of the old Max Mike Movies show. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say join us next time with, when we will be discussing a lesser known film. It is, uh, and it's got its own controversy only because of a certain actor in it, Kevin Spacey. Is oh it, boy. Yeah, it's a film called The Big Kahuna. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't seen it, don't feel bad. It's not a very well-known film, but uh, I've never seen it. And my, I've only heard about it because of Mike. And in my my estimation, it's worth watching. But of course, there's that controversy. But we'll get to that next week. So, okay. So hope you enjoyed uh, this this session, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking at you next time. Yes, inviting you into our virtual living rooms again. <laughs> what he said. Yeah. Have a great night, folks. Or day. Uh, we can't say anything here. How about goodbye? Want to keep up? Next week, Max and Mike will be discussing the film The Big Kahuna. Tune in. Want to contact us? You can find our episodes online at MaxMikeMovies.com or follow our Twitter feed at MaxMikeMovies. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. <laughs>